0: Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, and today I am flying solo once more for this final big fight preview episode of twenty twenty two. It feels a little strange that we're doing a big fight preview and it's the last one of the year. It's just flown so fast this year in particular, like you know we've had some major fights we've had some major moments throughout the course of the year and we will be covering them with Johnston in an end of year show coming up in the next two weeks of course just before the end of the year but this is all about the fights this weekend now I was contemplating whether or not to do an episode first of all because I'm flying solo and secondly because of the fact that in really is there any big fights this weekend well on the UK perspective I think there's a really good fight in the light heavyweight division and I think that's is why, you know, I was on an airing about whether we should do this episode. But Dan Aziz versus Rocky Fielding I think he's an interesting fight this weekend for UK fight fans. We've got some obviously notable names on that undercard as well that I'll be covering off. We've got another fight happening as well between two ageing heavyweights that are well past their prime, which I'll be talking about. And just a few names to mention on the US circuit that are also going to be fighting this weekend. But predominantly it is all about Dan Aziz Rocky Field in this episode and I feel it's the most justifiable fight this weekend to talk about so I'm going to get into it then and talk about Dan Aziz versus Rocky Field and you know for me Dan Aziz is the most improved fighter I think aside from what i would have said Conor ben but obviously due to what's happened with connor ben you know you have to kind of scratch him at the moment and look at who else has really improved dramatically and i'm not talking about people that have gone on one world championships because if i'm talking about fighters of the year i'm talking about natasha jonas for me personally but in terms of most improved fighters overall i think dan aziz certainly fits that bill he's got really good victories under his wings now, he's got the British light heavyweight title, he's fighting Rocky Fielding for the Commonwealth light heavyweight title and I think this is another potential name for him to really push himself up that light heavyweight division now the light heavyweight division in the UK is buzzing like, there's so many great light heavyweights at the moment. We've got Anthony Yard fighting Paterbiev in January. We've got Callum Smith. We've got Joshua Buazzi, We've got Lyndon Arthur. Obviously, we've got Dan Aziz there. Callum Johnson's just retired. He may make a return. Jose Burton's still knocking around here. There's, there's quite a few light heavyweights to, to certainly speak of at the moment in the UK. And Dan Aziz is certainly one of them who I consider to be one of the great ones coming through the ranks this year. And I think if he was to get this victory against Rocky Fielding, not only will it be a victory against a known domestic name, another known domestic name, it'll be a victory that'll give him the Commonwealth title as well as the British Light Heavyweight title. And it'll push him forward then to look at the bigger fights domestically because there aren't too many more names around for Dan Aziz really to to potentially be looking at. I mean, you look at who's around that isn't tied up and who is there? In reality, who is there that is is tied up? And as I'm speaking I'm just looking now and it's like the only other name that springs out to mind that maybe isn't potentially going to be tied up soon, is probably Craig Richards. Like you look around, we've got Dan Aziz, Rocky Field and Lyndon Arthur Craig Richards, Anthony Yard, Boazzi and Callum Smith. Like it's looking like Callum Smith might face Lyndon Arthur in February Joshua Boazzi, yeah potentially for Dan Aziz, but I think he's at a greater level at the moment in terms of where he is in his career so I think he'll be looking for more world level names Craig Richards is, is a definite fighter that Dan Aziz could potentially fight in the future and you know that could be a really good name for Dan Aziz to get but he's got to get past Rocky Fielding And I'm talking like he already has. He hasn't. He's got to get past Rocky Fielding. Rocky Fielding's been around for for quite some time now. He's 35 years of age. You know, he's fought some real great names throughout the course of his career. The likes of John Ryder. He beat John Ryder. You know, look where John Ryder is now. You know, it's strange, isn't it? Obviously, that was down at super middleweight. He fought Callum Smith down at super middleweight. You know, he had the Canelo fight that he had, which completely was... A great meal ticket for him But in reality We knew it was going to be A really difficult night And it was He got TKO'd In three rounds And I think since that Stoppage from Canelo In the last four years He he hasn't been For me personally As active As what I would have liked To have seen him as active Now obviously Covid's played a part In that Injuries, motivation, maybe I, I'm not too sure. You know the the sort of reasons why he's completely been out of the ring or in and out of the ring in the last three to four years. But you know he's coming off the back of a victory, a KO victory earlier this year, and he's looking for redemption. Essentially, he's looking for redemption in this fight because a win for him here puts him right back in the mix for another big fight. And at 35 years of age, coming towards the end of his career, I think he. Could get a potentially big fight with another domestic fighter like a Richards or an Arthur uh, or even a Buatzi, maybe, just maybe, and that would be a, a good way for him to sort of end his career. Even if he didn't win, he'd get paid pretty well for doing so. So, you know, I'm not justifying the fact that I wanted to see him go and lose these fights, but if I'm him and I'm looking at where I am in my career, I'm like, well, obviously, 35 took the biggest fight i possibly could take with canelo lost that fight coming back down to sort of domestic level now what else can i do to you know make a living before i retire and 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 he needs a big fight this is a really big fight for him at this stage of his career because he needs a victory so i'm going to go into a little bit of of how this fight might potentially play out because when you look at dan aziz and he's not your stereotypical for me, he's not your stereotypical light heavyweight. I don't think. I think maybe look, you look at him and you think he's more got the frame of a super middleweight. He's he's five foot ten. He's not your average light heavyweight. Now I know obviously Mike Tyson was heavyweight. He was what five ten, five eleven. Obviously times have changed. Heavyweights are much much bigger than what they once were. But five ten for a light heavyweight is is. I'd say quite short, to be honest with you. I'd say, you know, like six foot is six probably more what you're expecting up at, like, a heavy cruiser, and then obviously going on to heavy. So, I think Dan Aziz, as what he's done so far for me, is he's made his physical stature work for him better. Like, in his last fight, for example, against Shaq Pitters, it was a unanimous decision. Two of the judges scored it quite wide. One of them scored it a little bit closer... You know, I felt he, he did well, he got the win, but Shakan Peters is huge for a light heavyweight. And he, he was able to use his size disadvantage against Shekan Peters and make it use it to his advantage, which he was able to get on the inside. He was able to do the work he needed to do to be able to negate Shaqan Pitters and he, he, to me I think you give him a little bit of a lesson at times in that fight so he's coming up against a guy who's who's not too dissimilar in terms of his height and his stature who's not been as active who coming towards the end of his career and when you sort of weigh up the the, the pros and cons of the fight you automatically start to look at you know Dan is potentially gonna gonna win this fight it's a case of You know, how is he going to win it? Is he going to stop Rocky Fielding? Is he going to go the distance with Rocky Fielding? I don't think it's going to be an easy fight, but it all really depends on Rocky Fielding. It all depends on what he has got left in the tank and what he's going to be able to bring to the table for this fight. Because since the Canelo fight, really, it hasn't, for me, hasn't had the tests that he needs to be back up at this level. He's he's had a few maybe confidence-building fights. Whereas Dan Aziz, for example, has come in and, you know, in the past, what, three years, 2020, he's beat the likes of Andre Sterling, Ricky Summers, Hosea Burton, Reese Cartwright, Shaquan Pitters. So that is a really good active resume who has been fighting guys that are competitive, who are on winning streaks, who are not there to survive, they're not essentially journeymen that are there to get paid and survive. For me, this is this is a brilliant opportunity for Dan Aziz, really, to stamp his authority and, and put himself right in that mix. And he's quite highly ranked as well. I think it's the WBO that I've got Dan Aziz quite highly ranked. So, you know, this is another notch for him if he got this victory over fielding. But if for fielding, you know... <laughs> I say this about fighters that are in, in, in more physical advantages than their opponents. Like He's got to use that, hasn't he? He's got to use his physical advantages over Dan Aziz. He's got to use his height. He's got to use his reach. He's got to find the range, keep him at range. He's not got to let Dan Aziz get close to him, get an inside, and and, and really not let him get in and out, box him. For Rocky Fielding to do that, he's got to be able to match the pace. That's the question... I ask is can he match that pace and obviously Saturday night we'll find out whether he can match that pace or not in terms of of the breakdown of the fight I, I struggle looking at Rocky Fielding and I struggle to sort of see how he wins this fight I know how he could win the fight because I've just explained how he could win the fight there but I just don't know if he's got that motivation, that desire, that hunger left in the tank against a sl- only slightly younger, but hungry fighter who's on a good run of form, who hasn't tasted defeat before, who has beaten some of the other good guys around the heavyweight division, and he's just working his way to the, the bigger guys of the division. I think he, I think Dan Aziz, for me, wins this fight, and I think he goes the distance with rocky field and i'd be surprised if he knocks him out but don't sleep on dan aziz getting a late stoppage in this fight again it all depends on rocky field and where he is at what is his punch resistance like now I, d- I don't know i don't think he's been tested again to know whether his punch resistance has waned or not he's certainly got the punching power to hurt dan Azeez and could quite well upset dan Azeez if he lands a good combination or a good punch but I'm just struggling to see how Rocky Fielding wins this fight. I honestly think Dan Aziz wins this. I think it'll go the distance. He'll win on points. He picks up the light heavyweight Commonwealth title. And then we can start thinking about some really good fights for him. I think this is the biggest fight of the weekend for me in the UK. In the US, there isn't any major fights going on. Like Luke here would probably say otherwise because there are a lot of prospects similar to Dan Aziz in the US that are fighting this weekend and I will mention a few names as we go through the course of the episode but for me the biggest fight this weekend has to be in the UK for us it has to be Dan Aziz versus Rocky Fielding on that particular card I think that's the fight I'm looking forward to the most this weekend so I am going to go through the undercard of the fight, and there are a few names that are interesting on there that I think a lot of you guys will have been tuning into, and Chris Billum-Smith is certainly one of them names in the Cruiserweight division, he's fighting Armand, I can't pronounce his second name, I think it's Ho-Hi, Ho-Hi maybe, it's it's got a silent X at the start of his name, I've absolutely butchered it, very much like Johnson butchers names in, in our series based content, I'm struggling to, I'm going to call him Armand anyway, I'm just going to say Armand, so he's fighting. Armand this weekend on the undercard. It's a good run out for him. This is a uh, the perfect run out that he needs, really. I mean he fought last in July, got a really good win over Isaac Chamberlain in a in a really competitive fight, although the judges scorecard said otherwise. And then he was out against Tommy McCarthy earlier on in the year. So he's had two good fights this year. So can I forgive him for having a fight against somebody who is maybe I wouldn't say he's a layup because he's not, but Armand isn't really at the level that I think the guys that Chris Billum-Smith has been facing recently. The biggest name on his record is Matinus Masternak. You know, that's the same Masternak that Tony Bell you fought all them years ago. He's still going around. And that was in 2021. So the biggest fight really in his career against Masternak, he, he lost. Now he's on a little bit of a, a decent run since that. He's got two decisions on his record since losing to Mastinac. But... Is he really going to test Chris Billum-Smith or is he going to make Chris Billum-Smith look really good as he prepares for an assault at a world title? I think it's going to be more the latter. He's going to make Chris look good and I think Chris will come out of this potentially with a stoppage, which will then make us sit up and go, right, he's ready for these big fights because he certainly is ready for the big fights. The only other guy in the Cruiserweight division that you can say is is better than him at the moment, Chris and smith is probably Lawrence Akolai. I mean, there's a shout for Richard Riakpour being a better fighter than him, and, and obviously Richard Riakpore has the victory on split decision over Chris and smith but they're both going separate ways. A rematch would be good between the two of them, but they both seem to be going down separate career paths where maybe a future fight with a world title on the line between the two of them would be more profitable business-wise. Of course it would, but... You know, if there's nobody left around for these guys to be tackling at the moment, then it might make sense to put this on maybe a big fight next year. Anthony Joshua, Dillian White looking more and more likely as the days go by that that fight's going to happen next year. So this would be a really good chief support fight. And obviously with React having the ties that he has, I think it would be a relatively straightforward fight to make, but who knows? They are going down different paths, and maybe there's an opportunity for a world title shot coming one of their ways in the not-too-distant future. But Chris billam smith is there. He's on the card. He's probably there to, to look good against this guy. I'm not disrespecting the guy, but I just think Chris billam smith has improved so much again that he is at a point where he needs the big challenges and I think he will probably get into second gear in this fight, you know, he'll up the tempo and I think when he ups the tempo in the fight and and puts the pressure on, I think that's possibly when he'll get the stoppage in, in this fight. Also on this card then, looking down the list, Michael McKinson returns to the ring since his challenge against Virgil Ortiz in August this year. It was a very brave effort against Ortiz Jr. We knew it was going to be a struggle for him. When we did our preview for it and our reaction show, we knew it was going to be difficult. It was going to be a difficult night. But he went nine rounds to him and eventually there was just nothing more that he could do in this fight and it had to be stopped. But for McKinson now, he's back in the ring, he's back at the welterweight division. Is he the best welterweight at the moment in the UK? Boxwreck seemed to think he's one of the best. They put him up there at number two with Conor Ben still at number one. Until Conor Ben is able to clear his name or he's, he's confirmed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. No purchase necessary. we were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That it was a drugs test and there was no crap around what's going on there. At the moment, Michael McKinson, for me, takes that spot as the best welterweight in the UK. There's an argument for Echo Assuming there. There's an argument for, for maybe a former opponent in Chris Congo. But... The welterweight division, I think, in the UK is looking a bit sparse at the moment, a bit thin, and there isn't many names on the domestic scene really until maybe fighters move up from one forty to really discuss about a future for Michael McKinson. so I think this is a return to the ring is a return to the ring against a guy who's you know, nineteen and four. It's not a bad record at all. It's a you know it's going to be a, a little bit of a test for him, but you know he's in his last five fights he's lost three. So, to me, it's kind of him coming back to the ring, Michael McKinson, and getting, you know, a confidence-building victory to then put him back up there again. I think the one thing I will say, and I'll take away from the Ortiz Jr. fight, is that McKinson could certainly fight at world level again, but the world-level fighters in the welterweight division at the moment are a level, complete level above, I think, where McKinson is. And I think what we saw in the Ortiz fight is McKinson... Is 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 a challenger at that level, but I not too sure he's ever going to be a champion. And again, that's just my opinion. People from down south of Portsmouth will be shouting, going, "No, absolutely, he's going to be a world champion." And I understand your bias towards him, but my objective says that he's not going to be a world champion. That he'll certainly be, arguably, the best in the UK. Maybe a fight with Conor Ben in the future. Could be the one that settles that score because it'd certainly be a good fight for both of them anyway. they both need that that level of a fight, but I think this is a good comeback fight for him. I think it'll get him in the rounds he needs. he'll probably look as as good as he did before the r t s junior fight, and you know it'll prepare us for maybe what's to come for michael Mckinson in twenty twenty three Caroline Dubois goes into her fifth professional fight on this card. Vidal Riley is back out in action as well, going into his eighth professional fight. He was out against Ross McGuigan on the undercard of Tassa Jonas, his last fight as well against Marie-Eva Decare. So he's keeping active. He's had a pretty active year, and I think he's uh, certainly another fighter in the cruiserweight division that's making waves because of his social media following. I think... Another year like he's had this year, another step up in opposition. And I think there's a good potential here for this to be certainly, certainly a a, a great fight in the cruiserweight division next year. There's definitely a lot of potential cruiserweight fights for Videl Riley going on. Next year, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to sort of seeing where his his career goes from this. But again, he's got another fighter with a 50 50 record, so I'm expecting Vidal to look good, get his guy out of there, and move on from that moment forward and potentially look at the bigger fights next year. Other fighters on the card: Lee Cutler, Harvey Lambert making his debut, and Mace rueg also on there, looking to go eight and zero and that is pretty much the, the card for Dan Aziz versus Rocky Fielding. And I said earlier at the start of the show that there was uh, an aging heavyweight fight happening. <laughs> and it is, it's in Dubai. it's happening, Mahmoud Char versus Lucas Brown. A battle of the guys on the decline, a battle of the, dare I say it, has of heavyweight boxing, or were they ever-beens, I think is a, were they ever. Anything really. I mean, do you do you really consider these guys to be I mean, Lucas Brown was a champion, Mario Cha was a champion, but did you really value the titles that they held because they were regular titles and I know Cha held on to one for a very long time and you know, I don't sound as enthusiastic because I'm not enthusiastic about this fight. I just wanted to let you guys know that it is happening and if you really wanted to tune into it, you could certainly tune into it. But it's certainly not a fight i'm excited for because it's just two guys that i think i both had their opportunities and i think they both need to call it a day but i think the winner of it will still try and push for a big fight and it wouldn't surprise me if they got a relatively big fight against one of the top 10 guys but you know if you're really interested in watching it i'm pretty sure you'll be able to catch it somewhere uh, along the line so in terms of, of other fights on this weekend or other fighters this weekend if we go over to America, there are a couple of names. There's a show on USA Showtime headlined by Michael Rivera and Frank Martin in the lightweight division. 24-0 and versus 16-0. I think this is a fight to be tuning into this weekend. If you want to be... Tuning into the early hours card. This is the card in Las Vegas. Michael Rivera, Frank Martin, Jose Uzkatagai is back in action as well. He's back in the super middleweight division. We've got Homar Juarez on there. We've got Bakram Murtasaliev, twenty and oh, super welterweight. You know, this is a potential guy in the future that we could see fighting some of the UK-based super welterweights going there. A couple of the guys that I know, Lukey talked about a lot on his show. Brandon Lee, twenty six and 0 Kenneth kind of Jr. Adrian Benton there's a lot of fighters on the Showtime card and I think it's certainly worth tuning into if you can't deal without your fix this weekend of boxing because quite frankly there's no major other fights on up until Christmas now in the new year there is one fight Joshua Franco goes over and fights on the customary Japanese new year card which we might have chance to cover in another show but I'm not going to be able to cover it for this one because we've got a lot of other stuff going on in the background. So I suppose coming towards the end of this episode now... As it's the last Big Fight preview of the year, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody that's been watching us on YouTube or has been listening to us through Spotify or Google or Apple or any available podcasting app that you've been listening to us on. I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This is a journey that me and Johnson are enjoying being on. We love covering the weekly stuff, but we love covering the series based content. In the background we have been recording Darker Side of Boxing, season three. We've got a few episodes already banked up, a couple of more to do before Christmas. With the potential of releasing the first episode of the series on January the 16th. Now, I'm genuinely excited for this series to drop. There is a good mixture of episodes. And if you've not heard our preview show for Season 3, please check it out on the Darker Side of Boxing podcast. Again, you can find that on all available podcasting apps, or you can find it on the YouTube channel as well. But please do subscribe to that podcast. And if you've not heard any of the previous two seasons, then over Christmas and New Year would be a good opportunity to tune into it all because it is a very niche series it is not a series that anybody else is doing out there at the moment there is a couple of podcasts that cover certain elements of boxes and, and boxes being involved in altercations or murder suicides or whatever it is outside of a general boxing podcast but there is no boxing podcast out there that do it like us so you know please make sure you tune in and spread the word of mouth now, in terms of our Career Profiles podcast, the last episode was in October. It was Prince Nazim Hamed. The reason we've not delivered another episode two years is because of the fact that we we are recording Dark Azider Boxing. Uh, that takes time outside of our normal daily lives, our working lives, to be able to record all of that and make sure that's all prepared, ready for January. And what we've decided to do, and I have mentioned it before, so for yous that haven't already heard me say this... Our plan for 2023 is is to actually release the series-based content in groups of 10 episodes over the course of the year. So, starting in January, Dark Side of Boxing Season 3, 10 episodes over 10 weeks. Then there'll be a break-off for a week or two. Then Career Profiles will start with 10 episodes over 10 weeks. Then, when you come to the summer when the Career Profiles is finished, Legendary Knights will then start again for another season, another 10 episodes over 10 weeks, which will essentially take us... To around about September, October next year, and by which point we'll be starting all over again with the recording process and the research process. And we may be able to drop the odd career profile in here or there. But the aim of the game for Oz is to try and deliver you, like, we looked at all the episodes and we looked at how many weeks there are in a year there's 52 weeks in a year there's going to be 30 series-based episodes out of 52 weeks so for 30 weeks of a 52 week year you're going to get series-based content and we want it to be consistent so like career profiles has been a little bit inconsistent this year because of the fact we've had recording for legendary nights now we're doing darker side of boxing and ultimately it's compromising the career profiles podcast and, and we don't like that because it's one of our favorite podcasts like they all are, but it's one that I know a lot of people enjoy listening to. So, so that we don't compromise it in 2023, we've decided to do it this way so that you guys will get the benefit of just 10 straight episodes on each series over the course of 10 weeks. And then in between that, of course, you'll get your big fight previews, you'll get your reaction shows, we've started the Shoot in the Breeze segment now, and we'll try and get a few more interviews lined up with people, so there's a few more interviews in there as well. And you never know what else might pop up in 2023, so... There's a lot that's going on behind the scenes here and of course we are limited on the amount of time we have because we are just two guys that work and our dads and do what normal people do. So we're trying to squeeze as much into as little time as we possibly have to give you the best episodes possible. So I do hope that you guys that have been listening to us, that have been following us for some time, you do understand like the reasons behind why we're doing what we're doing and the way we're doing it. Uh, if you've got any suggestions as well, then obviously Fire us. if there's anything you think we could do or any ideas that you think would help for you guys as listeners, then obviously let me know because it genuinely does help shape the way we formulate everything going forward. So if you have any questions or any queries or anything that may be you think will improve everything that we do, then obviously let us know because we're always open to it. Open to be able to improve the episodes to the best of their ability. Now, finally, I want to give a huge, huge, massive shout out to all the patrons of this podcast. So for all those that have become a member of the Patreon service at patreon.com, I want to give you guys a big thank you as well because of the fact that you guys have supported us consistently for another 12 months. Now, by doing that, what you've allowed us to do is to be able to outsource people to come in and do some work for us, to allow us to get more recording time, to allow us to structure things in a better way, to allow us to afford to pay for extra research material that we need to make the episodes as quality as possible. And when we get guys that say to us, ''Oh, I've never heard that about a fighter before, or I've never heard this story before,'' The reason why that happens is because we go to the ends of the earth to try and get as much information as physically possible. So with that in mind, I want to say thank you to you guys again, the patrons of the podcast, because you guys are... Now the backbone and and the lifeblood of of the progression of us going forward and you know what we've what we've done over the past twelve months is we've been able to change things and be able to get nice fancy artwork again as we do with the Patreon money and we've been able to outsource videos and outsource people to come in and help us with the YouTube channel and you know that's helped us be able to monetize the YouTube channel this year so you know that little bit of financial support that that we are getting in such difficult times as well, I might add is, is really appreciated. So a big shout out to Tyler McCarthy, Dyer, to Ben Waters, to Nick Canada, to Dan Luzzi, to Martin Mulligan, Matt Broadway, Devin Dowling, Matthew Shorten, Lee Streatham sketch, Chris, our latest Patreon. big, thank you to you. And finally, death Duda. Thank you. You guys for supporting us. Your support is gratefully and eternally appreciated by ourselves. Now, A shameless plug coming right now, which is if you're not a patron and you are in any position to be able to support us in any way, shape or form, then check us out at patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. Now, what we do on Patreon is we offer additional things that the general public don't get. So every episode now, because it's through Sports Social and we've been with them for over 12 months, there's advertisements during and during the middle of them, before, afterwards, there's adverts. And that helps us also get another source of income because we're with the Sports Social. But the Patreon service allows us to put the raw episodes up there without any of the insertion of the advertisements. So if you want to become a Patreon just to get rid of the ads, you can do that from as little as pound fifty a month. However, if you want patron-only content, Exclusive series that we've got on there called Boxing Through the Decades, which is basically going through every single decade from 1900 up until 2020, covering all the different decades, all the different fires, ultimately trying to achieve the greatest pound for pound list of all time, in our opinion. And we've also got content that we've previously released on the Patreon only section of Patreon, which is, I think it's about 15, 16, maybe even 17 different episodes different subjects different content that we've not released out there to the general public so I think it's worth it you know there's, there's tiers of one 3 £3.00 £5.00 £10.00 if you go for the top £10.00 one you get to commission your own episode that we can put out there whatever the subject is regarding boxing we'll certainly cover it now I don't expect everyone to be able to afford £10 a month. So, in reality, even if you could just support us with ad free or even the £3 tier just to get the patron only content or early access to series based content, amazing. Because the more people that did it, it'd all add up and it'd certainly allow us then to outsource more people to come in which in turn would help us because if we could outsource more, we would be able to record more because it would take the time away that we have to spend doing all the research. You know, we're not a team of people. It's just me and Johnston. You know, between us, we do the research, we put the notes together, we record, we edit, we do everything together, the socials, everything. So to be able to get someone else to do that, you've got to pay them. And without the finance, it's just down to us. And we continue to try our best, but... The support that we're getting is allowing us to branch out more to these things which is why it's so important that we plug it so it might be that you're thinking oh god why is he just shamelessly plugging it and just trying to be a little bit of a scav no it's not that i really think that we've got something great with what we've got here and in an ideal world i'd love to be recording three times a week four times a week that way we'd be able to deliver more content to you guys more regular content more series-based content more importantly it's okay doing the weekly stuff but that series-based content is what we absolutely adore doing so if you guys out there listening that have been a fan of us for so long or you've been listening for so long and you're in a position to support us even if it is just literally literally the minimum tier and it's the one fifty two and you can manage to support us with that you know if another 20 of you guys out there did that you know, that's what's that another extra 25 quid coming towards us without any obviously there's patreon fees they take money out of it as well of course but you know it's, it's a little bit of extra money which to us that would essentially might pay for research for another episode it might you know that like we need to buy another bit of literature to support an episode and provide even more high quality content or it might be that we've got our guy Big Sam Beresford who covers our YouTube channel and who does some videos for us you know we pay Sam to do that so if we want more of that stuff then Sam could do it for us but you know he needs paying so that's the only way we can do it is, is to be able to provide that level of service and go to that more professionalised level is getting that level of support and it's really difficult of course with how many boxing outlets there are out there and podcasts doing this so for us it feels like a, a huge begging segment at the end but I think it's just me trying to break down everything as to why we do it, why we ask for it why we say thank you to the patrons You know how much the patrons means to us, the support level and... In general, we really appreciate everybody's support, not just the patrons, but everybody's support because all the support that you've been giving us over the past three years since it's been me and Johnston together, you know, it's just really took us to a level where we are just very excited about like where things are going and where they've come from. And still, we even have to sort of pinch ourselves and say, look where we've come from look at where we were three years ago look at where we are now like we've got some of the top podcasts in the uk and the world as a result of all the hard work but it's also because of the support that we're getting as well so whenever you do see something on social media if you're on twitter please retweet it just like and retweet it'll take you a second to do it on facebook like and share do it if you're on tiktok and you're seeing an audiogram just like it and share it if you can in any way share it to your story on instagram whichever way you can do it please 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 do it because it really does help the more people that come in the more people that find us the more support we eventually get through different forms and eventually we'll be able to provide even more recording sessions and more content so that is it the end of my shameless plug for this episode I do hope that you've enjoyed my take, my flying solo episode on the biggest fight this weekend, which is Danaziz and Rocky Fielding. If you've got any thoughts on the fight, then please let us know at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. Drop us a comment below if you are watching slash listening on there. And you can also find us on TikTok, the audiograms and the stories go up on there as well. And that is everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is the final Big Fight preview of the year and we will be back in January when Gervonta Davis gets in the ring for another fight. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over.